So, my name is, yeah, there you go. There you go. Do you want to just see a picture of my dog again, just while I'm here? Did I tell you his name? Well, I say this funny too. Drake. How do you say it? Drake. Drake. Drake the dog, he just eats everything, chews everything. He like, we, we kind of went for coffee one day, and then the advert was like, came up on my phone. I was like, oh, look at that dog, that's nice. So we came home from coffee with the dog. <laughs> we didn't really think it through. But we've got a dog. Um, I've been married for two and a half years. We lead youth ministry, you heard lots of that stuff as well. There's a few things that I didn't get to say that I'm going to tell you now, so I don't forget to tell you later. I, uh, I'm super passionate about a couple of things. I'm super passionate about Ireland. Uh, Ireland is currently, all right, you ready? Is currently the most unreached English-speaking country in the world. Currently there are, let's do the percentages, let's do it in the room. How many people's in this room? Okay, cool. Well, what about, you want to help me out? You want to stand up here? Come on, just there. You don't have to come right up. You rolled your eyes like nearly right the whole way around there. Uh, <laughs> currently, if you're all the population of Ireland, not even this entire person represents the Christians in the island. So just let it say, if you are all Ireland, it's about, just do we, just bend down a little bit. So you're like three quarters of a person. Just bend down a little bit for me. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's Christians in Ireland right now. You grab a seat for me. You got to be the Christian in the room. Uh, so I'm super passionate about changing that, about trying to reach people that haven't even heard that Jesus loves them and Jesus died for them. I'm also super passionate because I really believe that people, young people, older people can carry the presence of God and they can turn everything upside down. They can, you see it in the book of Acts, you see all of these men and they just carry God really well. And we're here because they carried God really well. And so they transformed the world because they carry God. And I really think that people can still do that. When you were younger than what you are right now, I, see when I say that, like, me and Andy are thinking back to your age. <laughs> you guys are thinking younger again. Turn to the person beside you and tell them what it was that you wanted to be when you were younger. All right. <coughs> so... Who wants to tell me what somebody told them? Yeah. You wanted to be a teenager? <laughs> wow, a teenager. Yeah. That was good, wasn't it? Hey, who else wants to tell me something that somebody said? Unbelievable. You get free burgers. Free burgers. Anyone else? Oh, an author. Author, author. Cool. A policeman. See, yep. A singer. An artist. Unbelievable. I was like 
I just wanted to change my mind. Like every, like I just wanted to be something else. So I kind of wanted to be a footballer for a bit. And then I realized I wasn't that good. I wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to be in the army for a little bit. I, I thought about being an astronaut. Um, and so I kind of thought that looks really cool if I could go to space. Um, but do you know what at the heart of ev like kind of, I always just wanted to make things better. Like, I just always wanted to make things better. I always, like, I just always had this dream that someday maybe I could do something that would just change the world. And so I think back to people that just did that. They just changed the world. I think back to people like Bill Gates and I, those guys that, like, they just, this new age of computers and they changed the world with it. I try to think back to people like Martin Luther King who changed the world. I try to think back to people that made real advances. I think back to good old St. Patrick who brought Christianity to Ireland. Yep. And uh, I think back to people that just did something and it transformed everything. Someone like Billy Graham who just changed the world. Um, and I, I guess from, if we're really honest inside all of us, we would really love that we got to the end of our lives that things were different than what they were when we started, that we changed the world a little bit, that we'd, that we'd done something that changed the world. I think that it's like this deep desire inside humanity just to make the world a better place. And I think that God put it in there. I think that God placed it inside of you and he placed it inside of me to make the world better. But there is only a small percentage of people that actually do it. There's only a small percentage of people because we have this desire when we're young to shape the world, but then we live our lives out and we find out at the end we've just let the world shape us. We've just let the world shape us. There's this story in the Bible. Um, and what happens in, just before this story, what has happened? These guys called the Babylonians. Boo. The Babylonians, they came to Israel, which was God's people. And what they did so what happens sometimes if a country took over another country, they just went in, killed everybody, took the whole country. All right, that's kind of how some countries did it. What the Babylonians used to do was they used to go in and they used to just find the most promising, the most intelligent, the most educated teenagers they could find. And so they'd go and find them all and they'd take them. And they'd take them back to Babylon and they'd teach them how to be Babylonians. And so they find these people that are going to be the next leaders in the country, and they take them, and they teach them how to be Babylonians. They train them up like that, and they send them back, hoping that they would in turn change the world, change the countries that they're from. And that's what they did. And we're going to jump into a story in a moment. And the Babylonians have just done that. They've took some people your age. They've took them into Babylon, and they're trying to change them. They're trying to change them to be Babylonians. They're trying to change them in the hope that they'll go back and they'll start to change other people's lives in that way. And we come across three boys. And these three boys are in a country where nobody knows them, where nobody sees them, where nobody has any sort of background knowledge on who they are. They could do what they want. And they're probably almost encouraged. In fact, they are encouraged to do the wrong thing. So they're encouraged to do the wrong thing. Nobody sees them. Nobody knows them. And that's where we jump in to the story in Daniel 3. 
It should come up on the screen if we've got it. Daniel 3. Starts at the start. says, King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> say Nebuchadnezzar. Turn to somebody else. Say Nebuchadnezzar. Turn to somebody else. Say it's easy for you to say. Uh, made a gold statue 90 feet tall. All right, that's tall. Like 90 foot statue is probably not fitting in this room. All right, he's made this statue of himself. 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. He set it up in the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. And then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, all of the provincial officials to come to the dedication of this statue he had set up. He's got a bit of an ego. So all of these officials came and stood before the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, why do we not have them anymore, <laughs> even those who that is, a lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, you bow to the ground, so everybody say bow down, you, you bow down, you bow to the ground, <laughs> you don't have to keep going, all right, <laughs> picked on, and to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue, and anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race and nation and language, remember these are people that have came from everywhere, whatever their race or nation or language, bow down to the ground, worship the gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And this is where like the, the music goes. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. Turn to somebody and say, snitches. Snitches. Just telling tales. They go to the king to tell on the Jews. And they say to the king, long live the king. Now they're just trying to sweeten him up. You issued a decree requiring all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, and all of those instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there were some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nobody's calling their kids those anymore. Do you know how someone told me to remember that? Shake the bed, make the bed, into bed you go. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. So here we are, 90-foot statue of the king. And he says, in front of everyone, everybody's there. Like we read the list, everybody is there. And he says, when you hear the instruments, you bow and you worship me. This isn't just a couple of guys on their own. This is everybody's there. And remember, nobody knows them. They can do what they want. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to care. He says, you bow down. Music goes. And I just picture all of these thousands of people around this big statue and almost like a backwards Mexican wave. They all just begin to bow, 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 bow. And then they, oh, three boys, three teenage boys, three boys your age that just stand there. They just stand there when everyone else is bowing down. They just decide that they're going, 
to stand when everybody else bows. And then it goes on to say, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. They were brought in, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made. And when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? I said that funny too, power, power. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. It's just like, just drop your mic just in front of the king. This wasn't their friend trying to tempt them to do the wrong thing. This wasn't their family members trying to tell them to do the wrong thing. This is the king. And they aren't, they aren't, they aren't even at this moment, they aren't even just disobeying something and hoping nobody finds out. They are there and they are looking the king in the eye and they're saying to him, no, we're going to stand. We're going to keep standing. See, they weren't the only Jews that were there that day. There was other Jews there that day. There was other people from their town, from their city that had their belief system. There was other people there that day. But they were the only ones that decided that they would stand. They were the only ones that refused to bow. They were the only ones that said, no, this is wrong. They just refused. And they're standing there looking at the king and they're saying, God could save me from this. But you see, if he doesn't, I'm still going to do the right thing. Even if he doesn't show up and save me from this situation, I'm going to do the right thing. And I'd love to tell you that the king was like, okay then. <laughs> That's okay, I should forget about it. Well, let's just get on with our day. Do you want to go to McDonald's? He didn't say that. That's not what happened. Let's look at some verses again. 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted. I have never seen that on someone when their face distorts, when they're that angry, but that's how angry he was. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual, like he's just lost it. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and they threw them in the furnace, fully dressed in their, I don't know what it says, this, in their pants, in their turbans, in their robes, and in their other garments. Um, but they had pants on. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw them in the fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up and in amazement exclaims to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. But look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound and walking around in the fire unharmed. 
and the fourth looks like a God. It's interesting to me that they're unbound, that the very thing that people had used to try and tie them up and hold them down and put them, put them down with, that in a moment, God takes the thing that was meant to harm them and frees them from all of the things that they're not supposed to be carrying. That's like a side preach. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire, and then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Sniff the person beside you, see if they smell right now or not. Yes, no. These guys came out of this fire and they didn't even smell of smoke. These guys were in a fire and they came out and it didn't, they didn't even smell of it. It hadn't affected them. It hadn't touched them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's command. This is the king talking. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God other than their own. Therefore, I make this decree. This is the king. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word, against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble, because there is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and gave them even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Like, it seems like he overreacted a little bit with like the limbs and the houses. And, but the king, the king, Stands up, and he says, you know what? Their boys were right. They didn't bow down, and they were right. They didn't bow down, and they were right. And because of that, everybody's going to worship their God. Because of that, everyone's going to worship their God. I'm going to ask the keys and whoever's coming to come on up. When the easiest thing to do would have been to bow down, when the easiest thing to do would have been just to bow down. Like, who would have known? Who would have known that they did it? Who would have known that they bowed down? The easiest thing to do would have been to bow down. They stood up. Now, they go through a little bit of drama. There's a little bit of a time when they think, mm, might die, might not. They go through this little bit of drama. But they stood up. And because they stood up, regardless of their situations, because they knew what the right thing to do was, and they did it anyway, regardless of what the king said, regardless of what their friends said, regardless of what everyone else was doing, because they decided they would be the sort of people that would stand up for what's right, the king decides, see, because you didn't bow to me, I'm going to make sure everyone bows to your God. Everyone's going to worship your God. This is the most powerful king in the world. And so these boys, from just standing, changed the world. They changed the world. We went from everyone bowing down to a 90-foot gold statue to 
everyone worshiping their God. They changed the world just because they're willing to stand. Just willing to stand up when nobody else is. Willing to stand up and to stand out and to say that's not right. Those are the people that change the world. And I really feel like some of you in here, all of you in here, leaders, young people, me. There's this call on our lives to change the world. you know what the problem is? We're just too willing to bow. Too willing to bow down when everyone else is stand, when everyone else is bowing. We're not willing to stand up. We're just too willing to bow down. And we've seen it. You've seen it in your own life. There's moments when you've been in situations and you've thought to yourself, ah, this isn't right. But you just went with it anyway you've sat in rooms as other people have gossiped about other people and you know this isn't right but you just went along with it anyway so it's easier to buy you know, one of the biggest like one of the things that breaks my heart the most is whenever I see young people that leave home and go to university and you see them in a year, two years, and they just you don't recognize them anymore. Because they went somewhere where nobody knew them and it was just easier to buy than it was to stand. They just go and they end up fitting in with everybody else and then the only thing that changes is them. When the call was to change the world. <laughs> And my prayer regularly is, I just pray, God, would you just make us people that will stand when everybody else bows down? Just want to stand when everybody else bows down. When everyone else does the wrong thing, I want to do the right thing. When everyone else is saying that there is no God, I want to be the one that stands and says, there is, and I know him. When everyone else is putting other people down and making other people feel worthless and useless, I want to be the person that stands up for that person. I want us to be the people that stand up for those people. But the biggest obstacle that we have in this journey, and it is probably the only thing that holds us back, it's fear. And you see, it dresses up in different ways. You see, it might look like someone that says, oh, I'm too cool for that. They're just afraid of what people will think. It might dress itself up as insecurities and it's fear. It's, it's all fear, all of it. It's fear of what people will think. It's fear of what people will say. It's fear of what people will do. It's just fear. It's just easier to go with that fear, isn't it, than to stand up and to do the right thing. But if we don't start standing up, then we'll never change the world. start standing up you'll never see your family change if you don't start standing up you'll never see your school change if you don't start standing up you'll never see 
your town changed. If you don't start standing up, then you'll never see your country changed. You'll never see things move. If I don't start standing up at home, I'll never see Ireland saved. I'll never see Ireland changed if I don't start standing up. We need to stand up because only people that stand up change the world. Some of my story, I shared a little bit of it earlier. I was just at the heart of everything. When I was 18, I was making all of those wrong choices. Do you know what it all came down to? I just wanted people to like me. I just wanted people to like me. I didn't want people to speak badly of me. I didn't want people to reject me. I just, sitting at 18, I was at 18, I just didn't want to let people close, and I didn't want to let people near. I was just afraid. And so when my friends said, why don't you try this? Then I tried it. Because I didn't want them to leave. I said, do you want to go here? Then I went, because I didn't want them to leave. And when I knew that it was wrong to date a girl that didn't love Jesus, and I was trying to love Jesus, I did it because I thought, I just want someone. I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid of being on my own. I was trying to fit in, and do you know what happened in the middle of it? Not only did I not change the world, but I really lost myself in the middle of it. Didn't know who I was. Didn't know what I was. Didn't know what I was doing. you know what that night that I told you about I pulled in in the car and I decided I was going to follow Jesus again do you see from that within about two weeks I lost all of my friends like all of my friends <laughs> I was the guy that didn't get the phone calls anymore to come out I didn't get the texts and not even to go out like just to go for breakfast or something I didn't get those phone calls anymore I said nobody but I knew what was right. And so I stood. And I lost some people when everyone else was bound. But you know what's happened since then? My mom gave her life to Jesus. I've seen some of my siblings give their life to Jesus. I've seen lots of my friends come to Jesus. I've seen lots of young people give their lives to Jesus. I've seen lots of young people set free from fear and anxiety and stand up and see their schools changed and transformed. I've seen lots of young people come alive and their, their families are getting saved and all of this stuff's happening. And you know, not that I think I'm great, but you know all it took? It took me at 21 to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up when nobody else is. I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing just because it's the easiest thing. They're not going to stand up. And this weekend, we're going to go on this journey of what does it look like to change the world. There's some things that you need, but the first thing that you need is to make a decision. And you know what? I'm going to stand up when nobody else is. I just, I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't care what everybody else does. I don't care where everyone else goes. I'm just going to follow Jesus. I'm going to go after him. I'm going to chase after him. When nobody else is going, when, nobody, when everybody else is telling me to stop and slow down. And you know, even in church, I had Christians tell me, darn, slow down, relax. Take it easy. Chill out. All of these people just trying to slow me down. But at the same time, I was very aware that my friends and my family were lost. And I needed to communicate the gospel to them. I needed to talk to them about Jesus. I didn't want to slow down. I, I had ran after all of the wrong things. And now was my moment to chase after him. And so I stood up. I stood up. We're going to go on a journey of what it looks like to chase after God, to chase after seeing the world change, to eliminate the fear from our lives. We're going to go after him. 
I'm going to ask some of you in a minute that if you want to say tonight that I want to be the sort of person that stands when nobody else will, then in a moment I'm just going to ask some of you to stand. And when I say that, there's some people already in the room that are saying, you know, I'd love to stand, but your heart starts to beat. I don't know. That's fear. It's fear. But you don't have to leave with fear tonight. We're going to pray for people tonight with fear, struggling with fear and anxiety. Because we need some people to change the world. We need some people to change the world. 1 John 4, 18 says this. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Not just some fears. Not just a little bit. Not just sets it to the side. But the perfect love of God it expels fear, it gets rid of it, it pushes it out and it drives it out. If we are afraid, it's for the fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And so tonight, I'm gonna pray that you experience the perfect love of God. Not the love of God that you might know and the love of God that makes you think that you have to do better or be better or act better but the love of God that just loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because that's just who he is. And it doesn't matter where you are, and it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter where you've been, he loves you. It's because he loves you. It's because he loves you, because that's just who he is. Some people in here tonight, maybe you're not a Christian, Maybe you haven't decided to follow Jesus. Can I tell you, choosing to stand up and to follow Jesus would be one of the best decisions you have ever made. Do you know there's a, you were far from God. We were all far from God. Humans were far from God. And there's no way we were going to find our way to God on our own. So God came to find us. Jesus laid down his life just because he wanted to be with us wanted to walk with us and talk with us. And there's going to be an opportunity tonight for you to say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. It'll be a great decision to make on the first night. I'm going to follow Jesus. It'll be the best decision you ever make, but hey, if you make it on the first night of the weekend, or what couldn't God do through you? So why don't we all close our eyes for just a second? There's some situations around you some situations going on around some of us tonight and you know I need to stand up and do the right thing I need to be the sort of person that stands up for God and stands up for what God says regardless of what everyone else is doing and what's going on around me some of you in here tonight and you just need to make a decision to follow Jesus maybe you'll pray like I did I haven't worked it all out but Jesus if you're real I'll follow you work it out as we go I really love that Jesus just meets us where we are right now he doesn't wait for us to get better or do better and we're going to pray tonight for some of you tonight that are really struggling with fear or anxiety so the first thing I want to do real quick 
is if you are saying tonight that you would love to follow Jesus for the first time, or maybe you're saying tonight, listen, I've been really far from God recently, I want to come back to him. I want all of us to close our eyes. And I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you're saying, hey, that's me, I'm going to give my life to Jesus tonight for the first time, or I'm going to come back to God. I want you just to stick your hand up, really clear in the air, and then you can just take it back down. All right, one, two, three. There's a couple of hands. Great. That's great. That's great. We all open our eyes. Look at me. Because that day everybody bowed down those three guys stood up everybody's seen everybody's seen them and sometimes we can make some responses where we all close our eyes and nobody knows but we're going to make a response tonight that everybody knows and everybody's looking we're going to make a decision and so if you're saying tonight you know I'm going to follow God I'm going to stand up for God I'm going to stand up when everybody else bows down I'm going to stand up and I'm going to chase after God I want you just now, just begin to stand up just over you are. If you're saying I'm gonna follow God, and I'm gonna stand up. It's great. that are standing look at me I promise you if you stand up for God even when nobody else does you'll change the world and we might not all change the globe but we'll change the world around us we'll see our families changed we'll see our friends changed we'll see some schools changed We'll see people that are really far from God come close to God. I promise you, you will, if you'll just continue to stand. Even when nobody else does, even if it's just you, 